This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. How's it hanging, ladies and folks? My name is Chris R.R. Balzo, and this is my show. You're about to hear the latest and greatest installment of my ongoing sword and sorcery sci-fi narrative. A story written, read, performed, and edited all with your ear holes in mind. So don't even concern yourself with going back to catch up quite yet, because this episode, like every episode, just so happens to be the perfect jumping on point. And then, once you're hooked, feel free to go back and catch up on the story thus far while you wait for the next one to drop. But for now, all I need you to do is sit back, relax, and allow me to unfurl the wizard scroll. (sighs) Home sweet bunker. Feels good to finally have you back here with us, Crystal. Wow! This place is B-A-N-A-N-A-S, bananas! So much room for activities. And chilly, too. You could hardly tell we're in the middle of a desert at all. Welcome to the world of central air. The thermostat is set to a pleasant 69 degrees Fahrenheit. Just as spot intended. Scarletta, why don't you show Crystal around and get yourself settled in? Great idea, Schmo. In the meantime, I've got some tinkering to do. Come on, babe, you're gonna love what we did with the place while you were locked up in the super arena. Okay, bet. (laughs) Sorry! (laughs) Aside from the spacious, warehouse-esque lobby the women had just absconded from, the underground bunker included several other chambers, hallways, and ballways to explore. The main living area, decorated by Scarletta herself, exuded all the comfort and familiarity she could muster given the space's otherwise metallic, alien-y vibe. A large plush couch and a matching armchair had been strategically placed for optimal feng shui. The walls were adorned with tapestries and artwork, as well as a big old magic rectangle which Schmo had modded to have access to all the pay-per-view channels for free. Even the dirty ones? (laughs) Even the dirty ones. Scarletta led Crystal deeper into the bunker, to a small kitchenette fitted with all the modern appliances one might expect. Fridge, freezer, oven, of out, sink, cabinets, and even some fancy alien stuff as well. Good afternoon, Scarletta and new user. My name is Dexter Oswald Cabbage Batch, but you may call me Doc for short. Would either of you care for a coffee beverage or a confectionery treat at this time? Whoa, is that a fucking talking coffee maker? (laughs) It sounds a little bit like Shmo. Doc, this is Crystal. On behalf of Robarista LLC, I thank you for your patronage, Crystal. Now, is there anything I can prepare for you? 
babe, you gotta try this thing's venti trenti ice macchiato double pump cold brew pumpkin spice white girl's delight with sweet foam on top. You want one? I absolutely have no idea what the fuck you just said, but oh boy, would I. <laughs> I'm still a basic white bitch at heart. I'm sorry. Two, please. Understood. Reducing beverages now. Here are your beverages, Scarletta and Crystal. Enjoy. Holy guacamole, Scar. This is fucking delicious. And you guys have just been living down here like it's MBD? Yeah, you get used to it. Down a particularly narrow ballway, the women trekked. Ice-cold coffees and confectionaries in hand. Presently, they arrived at the sleeping quarters. A large chamber with a set of dividers splitting the room in half. One half was filled with the same sort of decorum as the living room upstairs, with tapestries and posters hung about with care, and neatly trimmed potted plants that snaked their flowery vines up along the grooves in the walls. Brightly colored throw pillows and bed sheets were neatly arranged atop a pair of small twin mattresses in the corner, which had been pushed together to make one big mattress. And here's Schmo's half. Scarletta pulled the divider away to reveal a bare, drab space with a single twin bed, a nightstand with a reading lamp, and a hook on the wall for his little pajamas and sleeping cap. Utilitarianism at its finest? He barely even uses it. Most mornings I find him asleep in the lab hunched over some new gizmo or another. We have a fucking lab? The women stepped into Schmo's laboratory. The air crackling with a palpable energy as their eyes fell upon the myriad inventions, notes, machines, and ancient alien technologies strewn about all over the place. While off to one corner of the room sat a bookshelf crammed with all the books and scrolls they had pilfered from Azataz's bedchamber all those many moons ago. Schmo himself was not immediately visible, but Scarletta knew he was in here. I know you're in here, Schmo. Don't worry, we'll be out of your antenna in a minute. I'm just showing Crystal around. Hold on one moment, ladies. Before you step out, I have something to show you. The alien Schmo came stumbling out of the small bathroom he had made for himself right there in the lab using some spare room dividers and an old bedpan. Just give me one moment as I sanitize my appendages. Crystal, you are going to love this. He returned to address his compatriots once more, except now he held a device that resembled an arm in his outstretched hands. He did his best to smile up at them, but his facial anatomy had other plans. Looked like a fucking weird little guy, let me tell you. Holy shit, this guy don't have teeth. This guy don't have fucking nothing. He's, he's got like, he's smiling, right? But it, it, it's like a, a bearing of gums. It's really, really unsettling. You just have to see this shit, man. But, like, this... <laughs> use your mind's eye to see it. Send in fan art of, sh of, a, of, a, of a gray alien smiling with his gums. <laughs> just something I whipped up for you this afternoon. To replace the one King Rodney chopped off back on Riker's Island. You built her an arm? Oh, shit, for me? No fucking way. Thank you, Schmo. Oh, it was no big deal. Just hold still for one moment as I stick these needles into your arm stump. Whoa, 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 needles? What for? My apologies, Crystal. In order for your new arm to maintain nominal functionality, I must mount it directly to your body's natural mana reserves. Scarletta, would you be so kind 
as to get our dinner started. I should be able to complete this procedure on my own, so long as our friend cooperates. Right. Try to stay still, babe, okay? Schmo knows what he's doing. Oh, all right. Oh, sweet goblin Jesus have mercy! As an elf, you possess higher levels of mana in your blood than a human or an orc. Untrained and without a MacGuffin to channel it, this mana is inaccessible to you. However, my device is able to harness this energy straight from the blood vessels in your arm stump. So, how do you know so much about magic all of a sudden? Well, my dear, during your little stint in the slammer, I have been studying up quite extensively on the subject. I have poured myself into the wizard's notes, books, scrolls and etc., and I have gained a basic understanding of this enigmatic substance's latent power. Crystal, you were his student once. Have you not read any of the man's bloody books? I was only his student for like an hour and a half, Schmo. A time during which the bastard and I did nothing but smoke wizard weed and eat snacks. Oh yeah, then there's the part where he kidnapped me, shrunk me down to the size of a pinky finger, and proceeded to fucking feed me to his pet sharks. So yeah, no. I didn't learn jack diddy shit dick all from that tricky little troglodyte. Even still, you could learn much from the knowledge he has left behind. As it is the wisest scoundrel and a scalawag, but by space George he knows his stuff about magic. Bada bing bada boom, Mr. Worldwide I step in the room. You've got a robot I'm now, kid. Whoa, cool, this is amazing, Schmo. Thank you. It's almost as if losing my arm in the super arena had no major plot significance whatsoever. Indubitably. Soup's on, gang. Hearty brown powder stew and a garden salad grown fresh from the veggie cultivator. Eat up. Oh, wow. That's a snazzy new arm you got there, babe. Would you mind giving me a hand with this hot bowl of stew real quick? No problemo, fellow babe. Ow, jeez, that smarts. Be careful, Crystal, and forgive me. I have failed to inform you that your arm has artificial nerve endings that will replicate sensations of touch and communicate them to your brain. Thanks for the tip. Gosh, that's really cool, actually. Now let's see if you can properly operate a spork with that bad boy. Yes, girl. Here's a fresh bowl of stew for you. And now, drum roll, please. This stew tastes weird. What did you say was in it? Just some brown powder in water. Why? Brown? Powder? Yeah, that's what it says on the box, at least. Brown powder, manufactured by Brown Powder Limited, is a dehydrated meal made from oats, rice protein, pea protein, sunflower, flax seed, coconut oil, medium-chain triglycerides, and several dietary supplements. It most certainly is an acquired taste, but rest assured, it has all the vitamins, nutrients, and microplastics that a body craves. So, Schmo, how's our spaceship coming along? I didn't get a good look at it in the lab, but even I can tell it's really getting somewhere, yeah? Well, yeah, but like, no. Not exactly. What? Oh, no. Say it ain't so, Schmo. Allow me to explain. Although I have access to all the raw materials needed to construct a warp speed spacefaring vessel for the three of us, I'm afraid all of the helium-3 isotope fuel cells have gone bad after sitting down here in this bunker, unused for thousands of years. So that's it. We're just stuck here while that, that parent murderer is still out there. 
flying through space and time, just scot-free? Fortunately, I have devised an alternate plan to get us up and out of this backwater shit-stained planet. No offense. You see, after many hours of off-screen study and deliberation, I have successfully developed a method of harnessing mana for use in powering machinery. Case in point, the very arm crystal now wields. So what's the plan? You gonna hook me up to some kind of blood-sucking mana battery? Spodno. The mana you possess within your body may be able to power a simple cybernetic appendage, but a rocket ship is completely out of the question. Not only would such a device suck you completely dry and kill you immediately, but we would not even harness enough mana to escape Hugslin's gravitational pull. Rest assured, I have a much less barbaric solution to this conundrum in mind, though it will require the two of you to go on a small fetch quest. A, a quest, quest, you say? During my stay at the Wizard Tower, the old dirty bastard had mentioned he has a mana well in his basement that he can tap directly into for more power. Your quest should you choose to accept it, is to venture back to Azata's home and harvest as much mana as you can. Uh, question. Yes, Crystal. How does one harvest the mana? All you have to do is consume it like you would a brown powder stew, or perhaps a concentrated bait cartridge device. As soon as the mana enters your body, the arm will take care of the rest. And exactly how much mana does she need to consume? In order to get us to the nearest space Wawa, you must imbibe approximately one liter of mana. The fuck's a liter? Audible sigh. Approximately 33.8 fluid ounces. Either way, there is a small indicator located under your wrist that will blink green after you have harvested the appropriate amount. Hmm, seems simple enough. Just get in, drink some green slime and get out. Let's go first thing tomorrow morning. What do you say, Scar? Sounds like a plan. Excellent. The sooner you retrieve that mana, the better. Well, that sure was a nourishing meal. This brown powder was prepared to perfection. Chef's kiss. Thank you, Scarletta. Now excuse me as I get back to my laboratory. I intend to have the ship nearly completed upon your return. Good luck and spot speed on your journey, ladies. Good, Good night, Schmo. Good night. <sighs> Nothing like a nice, quiet night with my manic elf pixie dream girl to recharge the old proverbial batteries. Right, Crystal? Scar, <laughs> you said we had all the pay-per-view channels, right? Uh, yeah. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Probably not. Well, well, well. Look who's here. <laughs> Finally, King Rodney has come back to but you know what? Looking out at all your faces, I can't help but thinking that this place should be called Painville. <laughs> now let me tell you idiots something. I got no clue who I'm facing tonight. You know what? It doesn't fucking matter. I got one good arm and a whole lot of ass kicking in these boots. So bring out Whoever you want to. Stink-ass the unbeatable? Emperor Porcus the big man? I'll even take on Gigantic Corpse. I don't care. Because whoever comes out of that curtain is gonna feel the pain. Oh my god, Galeano and let me tell you people, it's, it's Dwayne the Drop Johnson coming 
more like Dwayne the Cock Shitson. Like I said, I don't give two flying fucks who you are. I don't give two regular fucks either. I don't even give two bad fucks. Get your ass down to this fucking arm. Ah, holy fuck of holy! King Rodney's has his good arm held in the death row! Ah, oh, oh, God damn, you get off my good arm! Oh, no! Oh, my God, it just came right off! I can't bear to watch! I'm on legs and stumps, but like I said, hit don't matter. I'm King Rodney. actually was what I was thinking. How'd you know? A manic elf pixie dream girl never reveals her secrets. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's episode of The Wizard Scroll is brought to you by... Hello, my name is Stephen Hawking. I have packed into this RSS feed with a special message for all time travelers. On the 28th of June, 2009, I hosted a party at the University of Cambridge for all time travelers. If you have a time traveling device of any kind, please meet me back then and we shall eat cake and cookies and we shall also discuss science stuff as well. Now back to the Wizard's Brawl. The hot desert sun beat down on our perilous pair of heroines as they rode their trusty motorized sled across the sandscape. It was like 69 degrees Celsius out there, just as the spevel intended. But thankfully, their expeditious pace gave them a nice cool breeze to enjoy as they made their way back to civilization. Four hours of riding later and they had reached the desert's edge, meaning the sandmobile could no longer be mobile due to lack of sand. So they ate a quick lunch of nuts, berries, as well as a large pan-seared squirrel Scarletta had sniped out of a tree with a single, well-aimed arrow. Boom shakalaka. When they finished their meal, Crystal stuffed the sandmobile into her bag of holding for safekeeping, and they continued their trek on foot. And after a good solid four more hours of marching through the brush, they had stumbled upon something that perhaps they were not meant to find. A small settlement of large boxy tents and lean-tos arranged in a tight semicircle with a big fire pit in the center. A dozen or so centaurs milled about the fire, drinking, laughing, and making merry as some deer and other woodland critters drank calmly from the babbling brook nearby. Just our luck, babe. 
We just stumbled straight into a centaur campsite. Yeah, no, let's stumble off in a different direction. These guys are super xenophobic. Hi there, friends! Oh my good golly, goddamn god, what the fuck is that? With a flick of a wrist and a twist, Scarletta unsheathed her crossbow and aimed it straight for the little abomination that had joined them in their hiding spot. It was a creature unlike anything she had ever seen in all her sweet dreams or beautiful nightmares. Basically, it was just a horse's head with two exquisitely toned, pasty white human legs pointing out the bottom, narrowing a torso to be seen. So she kept her weapon trained on the thing's long equine visage and gritted her teeth in a threatening manner. Now listen here, you freaky little creature. If you take one step closer to me or my booth and crystal, I'll- Hold it, Scar. Don't hurt him. This is my friend Wronghalf, the reverse centaur. He helped me out of a really nasty jam in, like, episode three or whatever. I owe him my life. Wronghalf. This is my better half, Scarletta J. Questman. It's a pleasure and a treasure to meet you, Scarletta J. Questman. Let me tell you, Chris Stoll's a real swell gal she is. She saved my life back in episode four or whatever. I owe her my life. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't you remember how you saved my life a second time in like episode five or whatever? I owe you another one, man. How does it eat? How does it shit? How does it live? Come, have a seat by the fire, friends. Tonight... You are my esteemed guests! The other centaurs, who had evidently been silently staging an ambush on our heroines this whole time, had called off their attack as soon as Wrong Half said the words. Presently, they returned to the festivities of the evening with a frightening level of nonchalance, considering the dire deed they were prepared to carry out. Homegirl, it's been like three years since I've seen you last! What the heck, Herodian cheese, have you been up to for all this time? Well, I just recently uh, got locked up in the slammer and lost an arm, and then I busted out and got a new robot arm, and here I am! I see the tribe shaman was able to remove the penis from your forehead and attach it back to the right spot. That's good. Yes! Fortunately, the procedure went off without a hitch! And, uh, my apologies for the indecent exposure, gals. We centaurs do not believe in clothes, you see. He said all buck-ass nude-like. Crystal and Scarletta took a moment to look around at the centaurs milling about in a wide berth around the trio. The human-horse hybrids that presently wore little else besides decorative headdresses of flowers and feathers. All the better to showcase their gleaming, inexplicably glistening abdominal muscles and or six-breasted chesticles. Like, yeah, it's totally fine. Letting it all hang out all natural style. I can dig it. She said as she proceeded to remove her shirt and bra. Come on, Scar. Everyone's doing it. Uh, like, no, I'm not doing that. That's cool, too. Whatever you're comfortable with, babe. So, what brings you fine gals out here to this neck of the Tiger Woods? We're actually on a quest right now. Oh, hey, a quest? What kind of quest? Nothing huge. We're just gonna go poking around and as it has the wisest basement for some huge magic power source or whatever. Wait a minute. Did you say as it has the wise? I fucking hate that guy! What? You've got beef with that Christy old bag too? Of course! You see, back when my mom was pregnant with me, Azataz the Wise showed up in my tribe's camp one day and fired some kind of laser beam at her stomach. And then a few months later, I was born with my halves all fucked up. Oh, you poor thing. If you gals are headed to the wizard tower, count me in. 
I've got a little carriage in my tent that should be plenty big enough for the two of you. Well, that would be just fantastic. Crystal, what the f- Excuse us for one second. Wrong half. Crystal, are you sure about this? I mean, look at him. How do you expect that little thing to pull a fully loaded carriage halfway across the Tiger Woods? Babe, trust me. Wrong half may be like three feet tall, but he's got some serious horsepower in those legs. He's a great asset, a good friend, and besides, do you want to spend another nine hours walking through brush tomorrow? No, that's that's a good point. <sighs> my legs could use a break. I've already got blisters on my blisters and a rash that'll make your mama say, What the fuck is this line? <laughs> them thighs there are redder than a red delicious apple in autumn. Like, shit, somebody get this bitch some ointment. So it's settled. We'll head out first thing tomorrow morning. That sound good, WH? Hooey! Sounds great, gals. Now, would either of you care for a sip of wine from the communal goon bag? Yeah, no. We're good. Thanks. Whoa! Whoa! With all the speed and power of a regular centaur, wrong half galloped through the Tiger Woods, bobbing and weaving between the trees, fully loaded carriage in tow. Holy fuck, this guy's fast as fuck. I told you. Well, here we are, gals. And lo, after an expeditious but uneventful gallivant through the forest, they had arrived at their destination before noon. The ruined remains of Ashtown were not a pleasant sight to behold. That once humble burg nestled betwixt the wood. The one where she had grown up, where she had learned to shoot a bow, where she had gotten her first kiss, where she had borne witness to the massacre of all her friends and family, all while the wizard tower loomed from a short distance away, an obelisk of granite polished so smooth that it presently reflected the afternoon sun's rays right back into her eyes. Glass shards rained upon them all as Azataz the Wise burst through his penthouse window, hovering in midair, looming there, menacingly, his floating, yoked physique glowing with a bright yellow aura that almost resembled a third moon in the night sky. Now, who to kill next? Hmm. Eeny, meeny, miny, not my wizard! You! The wizard zoomed from the sky, clocking in its speeds over 69 times the speed of sound, falling feet first, drop kicking his way right into the crotch of the local blacksmith, Mr. Futtersworth. She was supposed to bake him a pie for his birthday tomorrow, but now his junk was struck with the force of a thousand suns, causing his phallus to fly freely to and fro across the clearing. And after a moment or two of this, the cock rocket finally came crashing back down to the ground, right next to where her cuntbag first grade teacher, Mrs. Stevelman, was currently standing. And lo, she had been utterly annihilated in the resulting explosion. Only a pile of ash and her signature pair of goggles remained. Oh, would you look at this! An adorable little squirrel! Oh, Zach! Upon being blasted by the blasphemous old fool's blasphemous eye lasers, a monstrous change had begun overtaking the squirrel. A spectacle that looked by no means painless, as the little guy's body grew to the size and proportions of a man. 
as Freddy Krueger claws burst from the skin on the back of its paws. As its buck teeth grew into one single razor sharp point. You ready to murder these fools, ya boy? The wizard asked as he sauntered right up to his latest abomination and scritched it under the chin. Looking out toward the crowd of terrified villagers he had been picking off one by one all throughout the evening. How about him? The red-headed fellow with the eye patch. Yes, master. Dad! Scarletta, run! I'll try to hold him off for as long as I can! Oh! Dad! No! The bestial squirrel sprang from its prone position on the forest floor and sunk those blades of sharpened bone right into the jugular of Scarletta's father. And let me tell you, he got his shit rocked by that squirrel. The one with blood and viscera dripping down its chin as it slowly arched its back and stood on its hind legs. <clears throat> this is the part where you run away. Scarletta dashed through those woods as quickly as her lean, taut legs would allow fighting back the soreness in her calf muscles, fighting back the caustic pain biting at the soles of her feet, fighting back the urge to stop and allow her spasming lungs to get their fill of air. She was running on nothing but pure cold adrenaline and lizard brain instincts at this point, concerned solely with getting the fuck away from the murderous fiends who made to add her name to their macabre list of victims. I must be the only one left. Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, what the fuck do I do? I gotta get out of here. Oh! Using the technique passed down the Questman family lineage since 2006, Scarletta was quickly able to recover from her trip and fall by tumbling forward with all her weight, somersaulting and vaulting herself into a nearby bush. Out of sight from the unseen assailants that surely stalked her every move by now. She sat and listened then, bow drawn at the ready, pulled taut and loaded with two arrows at once, as she waited for her opponents to reveal themselves. The bestial squirrel crumpled to the ground, blinded by the razor-tipped arrows now embedded in the thing's eye sockets as Scarletta went on the offensive. As she finally went on the offensive. As she retrieved one final arrow from her quiver and lunged at her fallen foe. An arrow which she wielded like a dagger as she straddled the six-foot-tall, blood-stained squirrel, pinning each of those powerful arms under her knees as she stabbed the beast repeatedly in the chest. Again and again she rose that simple arrow above her head, only to send it crashing right back down, piercing the sinewy, gamey flesh of that man-eating squirrel again, and again, and again. She knew Azataz was nearby. She knew she was dead to rights already. But in that moment, she didn't care. The only thing that mattered was that she had bested her foe, had set him low, pinned him down and exacted her revenge, exacted her father's revenge, Ashtown's revenge. 
and she would embrace whatever came next with her head held high. Coward! Face me! I am not afraid anymore! You hear me? I'm not afraid anymore! You should be, girl. As it has the wise, the despicable old deceiver himself had finally made his presence known. Stepping out from the brush with his staff outstretched, the orb nestled atop it, radiating a pure darkness that seemed to devour any light that drew too close. It grew larger by the second, larger by the instant, larger still, even as she gazed directly upon it. The hairs on the back of Scarletta's neck stood on end as she staggered backwards, anything to distance herself from the impenetrable blackness that threatened to swallow her up entirely. Eat arrows, arrow eater! She strung her bow with a fistful of arrows, firing a whole lot of them at Azataz in one single shot. Though the projectiles simply found themselves sucked right into the inky black orb, fizzling into dust and becoming one with the portable abyss before her very eyes. What are you gonna do? Kill me? Fucking kill me then, you piece of wizard shit! Death is an escape. And for you, girl, there shall be no escape. <laughs> You've just been standing there slack-jawed for, like, the past five minutes straight. Are you all right? I think I need a minute. Thanks for tuning in to me screaming about wizards for a half hour. If you're still here, odds are that you've enjoyed what you just heard and are fucking stoked as all hell for the next one. And let me tell you... We've got some good shit in store, so stay tuned. Check out the all-new Wizard Scroll Knights. Knights! That's where all the side content's gonna go from now on. Uh, what else is on my list here? Check out fucking Tim Jennings coming back, back in the fucking ring, baby. <laughs> King Rodney will return. So if you liked what you just heard, leave a fucking positive five-star review wherever you are, just, you know... Click that button, five star, you're good to go. That's all I need from you. That's all I need is your love tonight. Give me that five star. Give me that energy. I'm here for it, man. Uh, anyway, word of mouth is how this show can continue to grow. So share the shit out of it with everyone you know. And until next time, bye. The Fable and Falling Network where fiction producers flourish. You found the heart! She found a key to the heart. On the quest of a lifetime, three best friends take on a harrowing journey. Your mind and body will be tested in these upcoming weeks, as well as your heart. Where more is at stake than a gift from the gods, being with Albina and I is going to be weird. Not bad weird, just, uh, different. Everything's different on the water. When new friends meet, you have an office? Where do you think I do all the pirate business? Pirates have business? It's a parchment nightmare. And family secrets are revealed. We could be twins. 
Yes, I've noticed. This young crew of adventurers will learn what it takes to complete the deadly journey to the heart. It's not like an island could set a trap for us. What? Lightning fog? Are you kidding me? But is getting what they want worth losing what they have? I was happy with you and Charlie. Was? Look at us! How could I be? Journey to the Heart. Now available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Tune in each week and vote for where you think the story should go next. What will-